You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 429th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, and I'm back in the party house. Hey, it's Matt <laughs> in Minneapolis. Are you also in the party house, little guy? I guess so. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, that makes three of us because this is Spencer in Holyoke, Massachusetts, where I'm also in the party house because road cycling is here. I I... I've been on a roller coaster ride where I keep thinking it's it's still winter. I'm in the doldrums, and then I think, you know, mm. it's preseason, and I'm excited, and then there's nothing, and the cycle cross is still happening. I get depressed again, but now, <laughs> do you, do you get depressed because cycle cross is happening, or mm. because it's still happening? I'm going to plead the fifth, um, but we officially have two like actual non preseason stage races to talk about that real, wrapped up real races so incredible do you know how i know it's road season's coming how because i get auto renewed on my gcn and it happened so it must be time to pay attention to bike racing <laughs> it's nice that <laughs> you made also, those correspond and line yeah. up with each other yeah 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 that it reminds you so we while we're a few weeks out from the UCI Mountain Bike World Cup and Downhill World Cups. We are in the midst of what little guy called in the green room, the Slovenian hat trick. Yeah. And <laughs> two of them. Naturally, I go, "Hey little guy. Who are the three Slovenians that scored a hat trick?" Yeah. No. And the angst and disgust on little guy's face. Uh-huh. saying, if I have to explain this, the podcast is over. And I'm like, well, after 429 episodes, I'm surprised it took this long. The little guy, I know Pogacar. <laughs> that, that is true. <laughs> slayed it at Paris-Nice. Made mm-hmm. bike racing not even fun or exciting. Oh, uh, so boring. I know that so Primus Roglic slayed it for the Trident at Torino mm-hmm. Adriatico with his hairy legs. Yeah. Who, I must ask, is the third Slovenian? Who is the third man? Uh, I guess I should have, I needed a comma in there somewhere or like brackets or something. I was just um, referring to the fact that two Slovenians got hat tricks. Not ah, that okay. all Slovenians Three. in professional cycling got hat tricks. I didn't dig enough into the numbers. Maybe um, Horik got 16th place three times this week and I just didn't mm. notice. It's definitely a possibility, but uh, I didn't dig that far back in the numbers because uh, most of these races in the last week were finished by five to ten people sprinting it out at the top of a little hill or something. So you couldn't really ever see 16th place very often. So let's get let's get into the more popular race. And by more popular race, I mean the one that is probably a little bit more historic. Of course, that'd be Paris-Nice. Um, Pogacar, Pogacar took the win <laughs> over David Gadu. And Jonas mm-hmm. Vingard, so slayed the Jumbo Visma Dragon. But shout out to Simon Yates and Nelson Palace, carrying the hopes of America on his sleeve for EF Education Easy Post in well, a solid sixth place. Let's give Jorgensen also. Was Jorgensen was eighth yeah. on GC? Two Americans on the top far. ten. Is it time to completely panic, you guys, and overhype them until they have too much pressure on their shoulders? I think it Almost is. Certainly. Let's yeah. do it. Let's do it, so? you guys. So, One two in the tour. So what's the best what's the best case scenario for these gentlemen? Tyler Hamilton? Like like who do like I mean obviously Greg LeMond's the pinnacle. Doesn't yeah. seem like they have the Greg LeMond like Greg Lamont came on the scene. It was like, holy crap, this guy's yeah. gonna win. Um, what do you think? Like, what, like, what, like, you know, what's what's the closest? And let's just accept all of the 1990s and 2000 riders and their their doping history. What do you think? Uh-huh. Like Levi Leipheimer? Like, what? Like, which one's the which one's Leipheimer? Which one's the Tom Danielson? 
Which one's the, Ouch. you know, are they both going to come through? Are they both going to be just uh, expectations that's going to weigh them down like a uh, um, Tom yeah. Danielson? <laughs> I think the, pro- the problem with cycling often is that you got two guys, 26 and 23. They got top 10 at, yeah. mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever, the fourth or fifth biggest stage race in the world. And and we we gotta we gotta find bigger things. Let's say this is it. Maybe this is it. Maybe this is peak. But dude, and that'd be really good peak. I'd I mean, sign dude, on the dotted line for that on my on my uh, yeah my Palmares, right? That's w- that looks way better than ninth in a sprinted Opus. It it is, but I would say this. Yeah, the local training race in Minnesota. Um, I'm pretty sure in eighth place at Paris Nice. But I mean, what a great run of results for Jorgensen for the Movistar team. I mean, Movistar's got to be freaking out because they're going to try to find a way to not bring an English, an American English speaker to their tour team. I guarantee they're already starting to do the math going like, well, are we going to be on the Netflix series? Like, what? Like, why do we need to bring this really solid rider who's absolutely slaying it with a top 10 at Paris-Nice? Um, but little guy, th- as much as we want to talk about the Americans, we must talk about the French UAE because little guy, together. I know you're super excited about what Gadu did all week and you've been <laughs> on the edge of your seat waiting to talk about it. I have and been just, I have been waiting for you to kick Tim off the mic <laughs> and just rave about French cycling in France and stage racing and all this. So let's, let's just rip the bandaid off. Let's hear it. I did want to uh, talk about Gadu. I mean, <laughs> the only person who was waiting for Gadu this week was Pogachar. Otherwise, <laughs> nobody else was. Yeah, great. He looked great. I mean, a pretty unremarkable fourth place in the tour last year. He was. He had good legs. He's one of the few people who could follow Pogachar. He had got the mm-hmm. best of Vingard. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. all signs point to the French doing the thing that we were going to do to Paulus and Jorgensen, which is overhype and put too much pressure on him. Oh, certainly, yeah. But I think FDJ's freaking out because... Obviously, Pino's retiring. Um, <laughs> the one interesting thing I think was the Demar, Demar and Gadu had this uh, tiff. I don't think we talked about it on the podcast, but a no. couple weeks ago that they got in a tiff. Gadu's text to somebody got released where he was basically like, "Ah, Demar's terrible, and I don't like him, and he's a jerk, and I don't want him in the tour team." Um, which oh. makes sense because you know they'll they'll like climber climber yeah. classics, and at the time. I thought, dude, you got fourth in the tour. Like, you don't need to talk trash about the sprinter guy. Like, they're sending you to the tour over yeah. him. But this week, um, Demar let out Gadu for uh, bonus seconds on one of the stages. So, if nothing else, the team has forced them to cohabitate enough that maybe we can get them both in the tour, and maybe it's a thing that can happen. But also, Gadu looked amazing, and Demar was. So missing in action for the most part. So that sort of settles the team hierarchy. A consummate, a consummate professional, do you, though. Do you Good think job. if stage six wasn't canceled for the strong winds, Gadu would have been able to put in a ridiculous attack and take in the win? <laughs> no. I mean, the the way Pogue rode away from everybody um, on, on the last stage, it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had the, the chase group chasing him in back into Nice was... Very strong, and they could not pull him back. He was on another level. But would I have watched it? Yes. <laughs> would I have hoped? So, little, yes. You're both, you're, you guys so little guy, excited. You were our guinea pig. Um, <laughs> how was the team time trial? With the new rules, the clock stops on the first rider. I kind of liked it. I, really? As, as a format, I thought it... it, it Maybe it was just because it was new and you kind of didn't know how each team was going to attack it. And when I didn't watch it live, but when I went back and watched highlights, it was interesting to see some teams who just sort of were like, well, let's just roll it like a normal time trial. We're fast. And teams Mm -hmm. then that showed up to the line with like three guys left. Like Pogachar got launched, like EF launched uh, Magnus Court like at the end, basically like... He did a he did a sprint like they they like did a laid out and they're like who's our fastest sprinter guy and they, it did was you see in, who got third I don't remember who got third Mike, who got there. Uh, 
the little known also oh, yes. writer, Michael Matthews, finished yeah. four seconds away from the team sprint. Huh. Hey, Michael. You know, we probably could have helped you out a little bit if you came on the podcast. Yeah, it would have helped. But Spencer, did you like it? Because when we talked about this, I think on a podcast a few few weeks ago, months ago, when Tim was gone, one of them, you were mm-hmm. you were kind of uh, interested to see it at least then. You know, I, I I was, and I do like I like this shakeup. I think your kind of uh, recap there was pretty good. Like, I just like to see. I don't know if it's better or not. It almost doesn't matter. I like to see teams having to strategize a little bit and do different things. Yeah. Um, because the time trial and the team time trial has become such a, there's just such a formula to it that it makes their, it makes it relatively uninteresting. Um, especially when you've got the, the specialists in the world, the Ghana's and all this that just are going to crush everyone. And, uh, but when you can tweak the rules to benefit everyone, make the make the racing more exciting, that's that's a win in my book. I want to mm-hmm. see a little bit more of it um, for sure. But I think it's it's a, definitely a move in the right direction, if not already like pretty perfect. You know, I think the ideal would be uh, you see on the thing you see on the list a month out to uh, team time trial. But you don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't know how many riders have to finish. And it's day of oh. the race commissioner pulls a card out in the morning and they uh-huh. you know they hold it up and it says three riders and then some teams what are if, like, what about oh, if they pull it ruined. out while they're on the line? What if they it's pull like it a, out with each team's get a different one? Like it's like a, random like a bingo roller. They just yeah, like I, I, churn the that's thing a little until unfa- the ball falls out. That's a little unfair though, right? If every team has a different role, you know. I think yeah, we could maybe make it happen if every life team has to do the same thing. I agree. Life is unfair. <laughs> You're gonna tell are you gonna tell Uno X that in those helmets? You're gonna tell them life's unfair oh, where they're wearing yeah. those helmets? Dude, those those helmets. <laughs> they know it. They, they already know, know life's unfair. <laughs> so But they also know well, that they're I, Norwegian and they're on a world like a world tour or whatever, a, a pro conti team that's at a <laughs> that they might not be on if they weren't Norwegian, because that's how that team you rolls. You are so. the most unabashed fan of Paris Nice the 81st edition this year how'd yeah. you rate it besides French cycling doing so often <laughs> and a canceled stage because of wind and yeah. a team time trial that captured yeah. your attention on the highlights. you were extremely hyped uh after the second to last stage about that last stage coming up saying it's going to be the greatest day of cycling it always is every it's year good did it live up to the hype I don't know if it's the greatest because the leader rode but I feel like a few years ago, if if the GC leader of a race no. got attacked and then just said, eh, "Best best defense is a strong offense," and just went off the front, we'd we'd kind of be losing our minds. <laughs> like if Contador had done something like that, I think it's almost a little bit. I know you were against it, Spencer, but in a way, but like Pogacar is just so strong that he does these things that a few years ago you just wouldn't imagine anyone would do, and it and it's kind of like, oh yeah, of course he's doing that, but. That was yeah. pretty crazy. It's a pretty. It, I mean, it was so pretty crazy. You That's can, yeah, you could you could take it any way you want, right? It's pro cycling. I thought it was exciting. No, I I like the last day mostly because sometimes it's the crazy GC shakeup. And Yates tried to do it uh-huh. again, like he done. He won last yeah, year's, yeah, yeah. and he's gone big in the past. And I know the Yates like to do a Yates, like both Yates do well, but on other sides, you know, across across the Mediterranean, they do well, and they they. They could like sort of do that this year, not like before. So, so mm-hmm. I mean, I'd hate to to end this party, but we must get to the second leg of our two person hat trick. Uh-huh. Of course, I'm talking about the 58th Double Torino turkey. Adriatico in the quest for the Trident in Italy. And Primoz Roglic takes it with 18 seconds over Yao Almeida and Tao Gegenhart. Yes, the, the Hackney, Hackney Hedgehog gets third place in the podium with 23rd. Uh, top American Brandon McNulty in 12th place, just 119 down. And let's give a shout out to Felix Gall of AG2R Citron. 214 down for 16th place. Little guy, the better race was Adriatico, as you know, because if you look here, yes. there are nine riders within one minute of the leader. Hmm. Would he have had mm-hmm. a bigger lead if he shaved his legs? 
Who knows? Who knows? But what do you think? Who knows? Uh, definitely not. I, some of my best years on the bike, I had hairy legs. So I think that's what gave him the power. It was the relaxed nature of coming from that training camp. No shaving. Yeah. A lot of people uh, online uh, very aware of uh, of the hairy legs. A lot of zoomed in close up photos uh, from all the cycling media that I uh, that I saw. Uh, making a big deal about it, little guy. Um, obviously, not a big deal. Who cares, really? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I was a little surprised by the media attention to it. But I am not surprised that um, that Roglic did that because I think that is a shrewd tactical move in the peloton to be mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, guys, I just rolled out of bed. I haven't started training yet this year. Yeah. I still got the hairy legs. And then proceed to destroy everyone Yeah, is – it's a savage move. Well, yeah, you're right. And especially after – he had with shoulder surgery over the off season. He hadn't raced yet. Mm-hmm. It was all it was all the perfect start line. I haven't been training much. I haven't been getting the mile. You know, guys. You know how my off season was. Uh huh. So so cool. But then he comes out, the cold assassin that he is. Classic mm-hmm. Roglic is great. It's good to see him back. So I was a little worried that he, has a he chance was to be downfall. Bogatrax. Well, he's going to the Giro, and so. I think the Jumbo's in a, I wouldn't say a dilly of a pickle, but uh, the, the, their their main guy went up against Pogue and got beat, and then they've got Roglic over here That's beating right. up on everybody else, looking amazing. But you don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it's apples to oranges, right? I don't know. So, I think you still send him to the Giro. You don't want to. You don't want to hurt Vingar's feelings. Now. Filippo Ganna won the opening time trial on what looked like was a 68-tooth uh, front chainring. I don't know if you uh-huh. saw that monster of a machine. Um, out there on the Pinarello uh, time trial bike. And one must wonder, I think Tom Boonen had something to say about if uh, the old Conagos are uh, keeping people behind. <clears throat> um, where to start with so this, much. guys? Where to start? Now, Tom Boonen famously rode for a little-known uh, Belgian team named Quickstep uh, in the uh, early 2000s. They were on the pinnacle of bicycles, uh, time. Yeah. And then they switched over to the um, cookie cutter of bicycles, the Specialized. Yep. Um, he was never on a Colnago, correct? You, uh, no. not to my knowledge, no. He was on track, um, and then he was on, yeah, time, and then specialized, so, I think. Now, Spencer, keep walking us through, and then I will add some commentary. I'm just, uh, I, I, feel, I feel like he's throwing rocks in a glass house a little bit. So, um, what you did know? he say, though? Do you, do you remember, like, he basically says that Colnago is costing... Yeah, he's he's saying Pogue's at a disadvantage because of his bike because Colnago aren't as technically savvy. They aren't as using his advanced materials, whatever. They're not yeah. as laterally stiff or vertically compliant. Yeah. Um, he used all the buzzwords. I'm pretty sure. It, what's in his here? scathing takedown of the scathing historic Italian? Brand. Oh, scathing! And then less Ooh. than <laughs> what was it? Less than 72 hours, or was it 48 hours? That it might have been 48. Quick. Yeah. Yeah. 48 hours, Tom Boonen looks in his inbox and he goes, wait, I own a cycling component company called Classified in which we make internally geared uh, wheels, other types of doodads that need to go on bikes like uh-huh. Colnago. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tom Boonen just issues just an amazing apology. Oh, man. Directly well, to the folks at Colnago. It didn't it didn't hurt that he probably woke up to an email in his inbox from uh, some some old man named Ernesto um who had some things to say about uh, about his uh comments and then also to to the news of Pogue just absolutely destroying everyone on said Colnago uh all week long. Uh yeah, I, I've never seen anybody 
eat crow that fast. I mean, the yeah. Slow Ride podcast usually eats crow, but it takes us at least a week. Yeah. I mean, you know, give us a little bit of time to digest. Now, would you... I don't know. This is the weirdest about face. I've never seen somebody this apologetic. Like, he, I've seen people do terrible, terrible things in the press and mm-hmm. not apologize with, 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 with this sort of level of, like, bowing down. You know, oh, I wish I would... I always dreamed I would have won, on, won Roubaix on a call... Call Nago back when I was a kid, and it was just like, did did somebody threaten to kill Tom Boonen or something? I mean, this was like, yeah, a level the nation of UAE. <laughs> this was a level of just like ass kick- kissing turnaround that was unbelievable for what he said. I mean, I don't know. It, it almost made what he said more popular in the news because of like his yeah. apology. Like I was like, Whoa, what did Tom Boonin say about Colnago? Like, cause I saw it later. I was like, huh? Yeah. Um, it's, it's just like someone was like, I don't really like those and I don't think they're the best. And then someone was like, well, you better apologize and kiss my ass for the rest of the well, time. It probably m- makes sense that, uh, someone who owns a bike component company probably should, you know, yeah. You gotta, you gotta whatever the repercussions when you are Tom Boonin. What are they going to, so what do you, what kind of blackmail do you think UAE has on them? Well, we all know Tom Boonin likes the snow. He likes when it snows a little bit outside. <laughs> At least he said he used to, but maybe he still, uh, still likes when it snows. It's been snowing here in Minnesota, Tom. Maybe you should come visit. Not that kind of snow, but, you know, um, you could help me shovel. Uh-huh. So, little guy, did Torino Adriatico beat Paris-Nice for your heart this year? It's, 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 they can coexist in my heart. My heart is big enough to, and filled with enough love for both these stage races. And I like that they happen at the same time before we get into the yearly debate in the press. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm calling us the press of people being like, ah, oh, they shouldn't happen at the same time. They should totally happen the same time. It's great. You watch one live and then you watch highlights of the other. It's great. You're you got a full belly. It's like having dessert. I think the Torino, some of the Torino uphill finishes through like little villages and stuff were amazing. Uh-huh. I thought uh-huh. it was hilarious that they find a bunch of riders, like Wout and some other people, for riding on the sidewalk when it's not like a raised sidewalk. It was literally a paved street, and then it just went straight into so, sidewalk on the side, mm-hmm. and then it just house. Like there was no there was no delineation between the two because they were on these like narrow cobbled village streets that were as wide as a car. Yeah. Uh, so it's nice that they took that back, but I'm glad that. Uh, Alaphilippe got a fine for taking his helmet off, Tim. I know you like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, kick him, get him where it hurts, man. He's he's uh, he's solidifying his bad boy status. So what's, yeah, what's do you happening? think he's got? Do you think he's got some good hockey hair or something? I didn't see. Did he like no, let no, it no, out? No. Did he like let the dolphin fly? Just, just had sort to shake of, it out a little yeah, bit. Just, yeah, just uh, he's, he's like, just I'm gonna get second. In, he's rubbing yeah. it in Tim's face. That's what yeah. he's doing. He's like, hey, best hair in the peloton. Little Nairo was I, I put the photo up the other day. I know you saw a little guy. He's definitely got the uh, mm-hmm. the El Do- the El Dolfino going now. The Looking the good, Pelo Zodi. Yeah, looks amazing. Um, good hair. So before we get into the pre lap, uh, we've been reaching out to uh, European correspondent and, and applicant Simon Geshka. You may remember, he's a pro cyclist. He's got some amazing facial hair. He plays a guitar. And he's reached out to us twice now to be the correspondent, but he has not answered our emails. We are working hard on it. But we have now started to get applications coming in from some of our uh, uh, top listeners that are uh, friends of the pod, including mm-hmm. uh, Michael Turnbull, the Turnbull, sorry, uh, a proud member of Aussie Corner, reached out to us for a little bit of an application. And in his Palmares, he did a little bit of investigative journalism. Gentlemen, do you want to know... What Michael found out. Yeah. Uh, Of course. I want the hard-hitting dirt. Michael went down to the local Jayco Caravan showroom. Remember, Caravan in other countries is an RV. So he went down to the Jayco RV showroom. And (laughs) he learned that Jerry Ryan is indeed the sponsor of Jayco Alua team. He does sell caravans, camper trailers, and motorhomes. <laughs> Jayco, uh-huh. however, will not supply a signed team kit with every van sold. So this Seems is like the reason miss. why Michael yeah. did not buy 
an RV. It looked great, but he was not going to get a signed team kit, and that was a deal breaker. Yeah. But he did want to point out that his son also lost his water bottle at the Brisbane Caravan and Camping Show while looking at Jayco Vans. <laughs> okay. And Jayco has not sent him a replacement. Oh, unacceptable. But it was found four months later when he went into one of those camper vans to, to look. So it looks like what? Jayco. <laughs> what? <laughs> and they just hadn't cleaned it out? It was just sitting in the corner? Wow. So his son lost his podium chill water bottle at the Brisbane Caravan and Camping Show. Uh-huh. Okay. While looking at Jayco vans. Uh-huh. As you do. He yeah. then went to do his investigative research visit. Remember, he went to go see if they sponsor the team for us. This is all right. to get the correspondent job. Yeah. No, it's good work. He goes to the Jayco sales lot four months later, and you would not believe it. The same bottle with my son's name on it, was sitting on the sales <laughs> counter as a cleaner had only had that morning found it in a drawer in one of the vans. There you this go. This is not a sign from the universe that he, not Simon Geshka, should be yeah. the new Prem Lap European correspondent. He doesn't know what really? is. It's amazing. Michael, yeah, I appreciate the application. We're going to have to think about it. Maybe, maybe for episode 400, you can be our correspondent. But I got to if- tell you, that water bottle, four months later, still sitting in the Jayco van. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so good. Is it just cooking in the Australian sun? I hope when his kid put it in the drawer, he sort of did like the old Seinfeld episode, and he put it in, and he went, Turnbull, and then he ran out. It's like in the old Costanza, and he'd leave <laughs> something, and he'd leave something, so he had to come back, you know? Uh-huh. I hope he, I hope he did that. It's a, it's a pretty good strategy. It's... You know, uh, you could tell who in the family wanted the wanted the Jayco, you know, and who was just uh, window shopping. Yeah. Dad, we got to well, go back because I left my water ball in there. So uh, I don't uh, know. We're going to get it out. You're going to have to uh, spend gonna, those yeah, 75K. We're going to have to drive back to the dealership. Don't forget your checkbook. <laughs> yeah. It, well, anyways, I uh, what a great email. Uh, Michael, kind, kind thank you um, for the application. Oh. Hell of a good yeah. story. Um, and I'm with you. I think uh, Jayco needs, uh, sorry, whatever that team is, Jayco Alua need to step up their game on their team website because mm-hmm. you still can't figure much out about the sponsorship. I, uh, fantastic stuff. That, and that uh, does bring us into this week's Premlap. I'm Nielsen Paulus, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, guys, here we are in the Premlap. Major shout-out to all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network, especially all of those that continue to, become, continue to be a donor subscriber. We'd like and appreciate every one of you who continue to support independent cycling media dating all the way back to 2015. Here we are, eight years in the making, and we wouldn't be able to do this without the generous support of our listeners. Head over to WideAnglePodium.com to find out about our wide selection of podcast shows. You like Cyclocross? We love Cyclocross. We got the Cyclocross podcast for you. Like gravel racing? Did you know the Mid-South was this week? Can't wait to read and hear about the Grodio's coverage mm-hmm. of the Mid-South Classic in Oklahoma. And Nowhere Fast, keeping you on the pulse of indoor bike racing Head over to WideAnglePodium.com. Well, before well, you know well, it, now, Criterium Tim. Nation is Tim, going to be Tim, giving Tim. you all Hang the on. info. Whoa, whoa, back up. You What's said up? indoor cycling. Yeah. Now, I don't know if they cover Cycle Ball on the Nowhere Fast podcast, but no, I think us. you should maybe clarify that this is eSports yeah. and your e-sport. Zwift yeah, and right. uh, all the, uh, uh, the B-Cools and other uh, Zwift-adjacent uh, bike racing, virtual bike racing, because indoor something the solid podcast owns. That that is correct. That that's absolutely correct. <laughs> Back off, nowhere fast. But I will say, <laughs> Criterium Nation I know is doing some in depth record reporting on the oh. upcoming National Criterium League series that's happening in April 
in Miami Beach, Florida. Can't wait for the Miami Knights versus the Denver Disruptors because we don't know of any other team that's participating. (laughs) But we are excited for it. (laughs) I'm so excited for this because I want to like this idea of the NCL so much and I just don't know what's going on and I need Rob to get to the bottom of it for me um, because I just don't have the bandwidth to do the digging and figure it out. And if you are like me, you're going to want to tune into Criteria Emanation to to figure out what's going on uh, in the Bananas Town uh, scene that is the U.S. Criteria racing scene. If there's one thing that this country can do, it's support two rival Criterium leagues. And we can't wait to find out more. <laughs> Head over to wideanglepodium.com, where we are your number one news source for cycling and gossip. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. So, so gentlemen, let's get back to the show. <laughs> hey, this is Floyd Landis. If you want to listen to... Slow Ride Podcast. Go ahead. I don't. All right, guys, here we are back at the show, and let's go into that Slow Ride Podcast mailbag. Always email us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com, where all of your emails are gratefully received. Thomas Morton hits us up first. Hey, Slow Ride, I'm not a young listener, but some things are forever funny. I was perusing pro cycling stats and shout out Thomas. You should check out first cycling. Fantastic coverage Um, as an alternative for pro cycling stats. Mm -hmm. I came upon this Spanish women's continental team. Mm -hmm. I did the research to save your time. The team came from a mountain bike background and was started by Abel Farto. And of course the link is to team Farto BTC. Which okay. one of you would rock the Farto jersey? Your faithful listener, JP in Canada. I don't know where JP is from in Canada, but I'm just going to assume it is the Maritimes. So, little guy, the Farto <laughs> jersey. It's actually a pretty good looking jersey. It's a great looking yeah. jersey. No, it's, got, it it's, uh, nice. it's got white, beautiful white sleeves and a almost houndstooth blue mane uh, mm-hmm. section it's mm-hmm. a wonderful jersey. it may be one of my favorite jerseys i've seen actually from the the women's I racing mean, last year here's the thing if you're gonna write fardo across the front in giant bold letters the jersey better look good you know like because you don't got a lot else to lean on That's and true. this yeah. one does uh, what does so, fardo mean in spanish <laughs> now well I was I was doing the research, um, trying to figure out, yeah, and um, like if there was a company or something called Fardo that that this was, but yeah, no, it's just the that's that's the team ownership. So, so not much you can do about that. Are they owned the by Bitcoin though? I'm a little confused. Is BTC a Bitcoin or is that something else? Uh, it's it's a hashtag. Be the change. Uh, okay. You can Be you can learn that on teamfardobtc.com. Ooh, I'm here um, right now. That kid is awesome. It's very good. Are they Spanish or are they from I where are they from? Is it is Fardo Brazil or Portuguese or is it is it Spanish? Cuz in Portuguese Fardo Fardo in Portuguese means fed up in English. No, he oh, interesting. But look, he already told us that I'm the, sorry, the team it. comes was started by a gentleman named Abel Farto. Okay. Like it's like his a last name. Well, his Johnny name fed, just up. Mean fed up. <laughs> Johnny yeah. Fed up. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm no. looking for the silver lining and how we can make this not just. Okay. No, it's it's a funny name. Sports. It's, it's, it's fine. We can okay. accept that. There have been a lot of, uh, very stupid men's cycling teams <laughs> over the years. I don't know what Unibet, you're talking about. <laughs> uh, with the question mark, a famously stupid Jersey, uh, awesome. bad team name. <laughs> um, we've had the, uh, Ooh, I mean, I've got bad news. Uh-oh. What's that? Go to... The, okay. Still exists. The team still is around. It's not like it's sponsored by SVB Bank. But uh-huh. Team Fardo has changed their colors from that beautiful blue jersey. If you go to their Instagram, they have their updated kit for this year. It's now like a... It's a green. 
Um, it's still it's still a good looking jersey. Not as good as the blue one, but it's yeah. Anyways, the team still exists. Oh yeah, the green's um, nice. Beautiful green. It's actually more green needs to happen. It looks like Avis helmets the the team sponsor. Um, oh. We're spending a lot a lot of time here farting around uh, on this team, guys. I I think. Um, they're getting a little more credit than, than they deserve. Still a funny name. I appreciate, I appreciate it in cycling. Uh, I'm a fan. Um, anytime, uh, they're on the front and the announcers have to weigh the options of, should I say team Fardo is up there breaking the wind or not? This is, these are the challenges I like to see in cycling. You know what? Is that team Fardo just up there letting it rip? Fardo's up there letting it rip. Yeah. 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 It's good. It's, they, it's amazing. You know, they're going to only, it's one, it's only a matter of time before they win one of these, uh, Belgian races where they get the giant cheese wheel. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. they have to, you know, team will just now, set the cheese. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't, <laughs> I don't know if they were, uh, at this race. Um, yeah, it looks like they were uh, top finisher, 15th place. Almost. Ooh in that coveted 16th spot there for Team Fardo. Um, but I'm talking about the Vuelta Extremadra Femenidas, um, which uh, happened in Spain this week. I only bring it up because this might be the most incredible uh, tour name out there. I'm sure mm-hmm. I absolutely butchered the Spanish, but the translation of it, as we all know, Vuelta is, is a tour, right? Um, the rest, of it, it basically translates to extremely hard tour. There you go. I love it. More, more on the nose branding, please. Like the tour to France. Okay. What does that mean? Like it's not a tour unless it's from the Champagne region to France or whatever. Now this is just an extremely hard tour. Who's going to show up to that? <laughs> I'll tell you who showed up. Arkea uh, women's cycling team showed up and took the top three spots. Just oh, they, they showed good. up. All right. Um, well, shout out to uh, Thomas from Halifax for the great email and team Fardo. Um, next one comes to us from Alex McGregor. Estrada Bianchi quiz for you both. Uh-oh. Hi. Here you go. Spencer and little guy. Four okay. different cyclocross world champions have won Strada Bianchi. All mm-hmm. in the last eight seasons. Mm-hmm. Who are the four different world champions of cyclocross who have won Strada Bianchi? Well, uh, do you do you do you want to go first? Oh, you're just going no, oldest you're, you're to newest. You guys are a team. You guys are a team. Oldest St- to newest. Yeah, Stuyvie. It would be Stuyvie and then Wout. And then Vanderpool. And then Pidcock. Yeah. All right. Easy, easy layup. All Question right. two. Has a woman's rider... A- Accomplish this feat. Did Voss win Strati? I can't remember. I'm going to say no. I don't think so. I think it's been like Van Vluten. The answer is no. No women's rider yet. But it does seem inevitable that a women's rider will someday complete the Strata Cyclocross World Championship double. Mm-hmm. Which female rider will it be? Puck Peters, Femme Van Eppel, Lucinda Brand, or Marianne Voss, or other? Oof. This is a, this is a new guard versus old guard yeah. versus middle guard. It's yeah. kind of it's like a wild question. Um, so the thing about Puck, she did her first road race as Strata Bianchi. That's a wild first road race. Yeah. She also she got, got sixth. sixth. Yeah. yeah, she crushed I put it. my money on her right now. But she then hung up the road bike and was like, yeah, I'm going back to mountain bikes and like immediately. So I'm going to put my money on Femme personally. Mm. Has Femme done the race and what is her top place? I have no idea, but she's going to do it. She will be the first one. But I, I love Voss. I don't know. Like I th- the I think Peloton is catching up. Boss. Yeah. The Peloton is catching up, and uh, Lucinda Brand. Uh, so, I don't know that so she's got Femme it. Femme has not done it. Okay, I didn't think so, but I wasn't sure. Now, 
Could it be Van, uh, you know, Sharon Van Enroy? Friend of the no. God? Yeah. No. 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 I don't think Maybe. it's going to be Lucinda Brand. Probably. No, it won't be. So it's it Puck. could be, it's gotta um, be Puck. she got six and like she's done it now. Like now she knows what it's like and what's expected. Now she won't do it next year because next year is going to be an Olympic year. It Paris. won't be Puck. It could be PFP though. She could do it. Yeah. Did uh, did can Yolanda come over and just slay it for that day? Probably. No. She did. She just didn't. She just win. She won some smaller race on the road, didn't? Yeah. She yeah. did. Yeah, a well, couple weeks ago. What a fantastic yeah, email from uh, Alex. Thank you so much. Um, let's roll into the next one. This one comes to us from Hanson. Hey, Slow Ride. I just started listening a few weeks ago, and I'm a, becoming a big fan. I always oh. have something to say when I'm listening that I forget by the end of the episode, but I still wanted to reach out. And thank you for all the valuable information. And I have one to offer that has been a wonderful week over on the subreddit, Bike Porn, as everyone still riding Klein bikes has decided to clean them up and post them all at once. Uh. Maybe you already knew that, but you have at least two friends and one hobby, so maybe all three of you (laughs) are not being on Reddit is a safe assumption. (laughs) Anyway, thank you for the laughs and the race results in a way I can bear to hear them. I work at a race-centric bike shop, so that's stuff I really should know. But something I can't bring myself to keep up on without the wild theories making it fun. Yeah. Reading the results in an article just feels like work. Cheers, but in an American way, Hanson. So first off, I just want to say, <laughs> before we get in here, Hanson, you're one of our friends. It's still okay. You're on the subreddit, so don't. it's yeah. okay. Just get down that Klein Corner rabbit hole. Uh-huh. Very good. I, um... I didn't know about this uh, until I saw the email, but I have been trying to clean up my Klein, and I'm so mad at it because I've been okay. trying for so long to get a brake cable, go through uh-huh. that darn internal cable routing, and uh-huh. come out the other side. Uh-huh. I don't have the the guide in there anymore. The guide died. Oh jeez. And I just don't know. Do you have Do you have one of the little magnet tools to magnet it along? I've tried and I'm not having success. Oh, I have the bike. Oh man, I don't even know. I we don't have the 45 minutes for me to go into all the different uh-huh. ways. I've no, tried we to certainly do not. Go through. All I can say is I really want to ride my Klein, but it doesn't have uh, a rear brake and the derailleurs don't really move because the because I and I was telling Kaylin this the other day. I've changed the cables in this bike like two times since I bought we're gonna, it. We're going to have to cut you off. Like, no one cares about the cable, little guy. No, I'm sorry. No, but what I'm saying is it's a beautiful bike, and these clients uh-huh. are beautiful. Uh-huh. But I can't just change the cables, so I put off changing the cables and the housing until uh-huh. it is no longer moving. Because just simply being like, oh, this isn't working very well. I want to, like, make it better. I, I told like you you were cut off, but, yeah, process. you kept going. No, it's... I, have to, I have to vent. People... Buy a bike that doesn't have internal cable routing. It looks pretty. It I don't think that's soul. possible anymore, little guy. Ugh, it's so painful. Even the Colnagos that Tom Boonin complains about have internal routing I these know, days. I know. I know. Some of this new uh, road bike routing, like through the headset, and like, yeah, scares me to death. I'm so it should of the day that I possibly have to work on one of those or. Get close to one. Oh man! Mm. For my Tom Boone and Tom. Boone? I'll tell you. No, thank you. What I, I and I appreciate this email very much um, because it really does hit at the heart of what I think our mission is here at the Slow Ride Podcast and has been for four hundred and twenty nine episodes now, which is many, many, many years of of cycling fandom, mm-hmm. and that is that we can save you the trouble of reading all those terrible articles about bike race results. And even if you work in a race focused shop, we give you just the tidbits that you need to be able to trash talk your coworkers and their favorite cyclists. Not just sounding sort of like, you know what you're talking about. Not just the coworkers without having to do the work. Smug customers that come in on a Saturday when Hanson is in there. Tim. Working their butts off, 
you know, cleaning every, DI2 battery junction boxes, every making everything. And someone comes in and is like, did you watch the tour? I loved my bike riding today. Have you ridden lately? And you're like, no, it's a Saturday afternoon. I'm at a bike shop servicing your bike, pal. <laughs> and now, every, every bike shop customer is a beautiful flower, Tim, and we appreciate them all <laughs> here on the Story Podcast. We do. That is that is absolutely correct. Love this email, and I'm happy that we can help Hanson get through the work day. Oh, man, what a wonderful email. Let's get into the last email this week. This one comes to us from a friend of the pod, Chris, and it's a link. It says, Tim has a lot of work to do before he becomes the Florida gravel state champion. And it's mm-hmm. a link to a bike radar article featuring Rain Rotata's custom Cannondale top stone lefty. This guy is the three-time undefeated Florida great gravel state champion, but also appears to be the champion for the weirdest bike setup and job combo I've ever heard of. I also noted that there were three other people in his category last year, making (laughs) Tim at least a shot at the podium. That is true. So my questions are, so the first is Chris, this is why you're a friend of the podcast. <laughs> the in-depth taking a bike radar article to which there's no link to the results of the f- the official or unofficial Florida State Gravel Championships <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. to then go find that only three people were in the category. It's fantastic. So Chris continues the questions. Do you think we can crowdfund the money to get Tim a bike to one up this guy for the start line this year? If so, what weird feature would you put on the bike to make it even more unique? And I want to, everybody needs to find this. We will share the link on our Twitter. This bike on bike mm-hmm. radar, just look up Cannondale bike radar. Like you'll easily find this amazing paint job straight out of Miami vice era, Miami. It's got a lefty fork. But the handlebar setup and the 200 millimeter stem put this thing next level. And the bars are welded in a way that I would never ride those on any type of gravel unless it's flat gravel, which the Johnny Come Lately's to gravel in South Florida um, ride on. Um, Florida. So unless? I wait, there was an unless there? You said you would never ride it, and, and then you said unless? Because I'm looking at these handlebars. I want to make sure we're looking at the same bike here, Tim. It is the worst handlebar setup I've ever seen. It does not look safe. Yet I know you I said put an unless on there. I, know. Yeah. I, I misspoke. I had a stroke five years ago. <laughs> okay. Um, right. And I, I just want to say this, though. Okay. This dude, he works for a fruit delivery company, owns a fruit <laughs> delivery company. Owns, it's awesome. Yeah. It's like, like more power. This... This gentleman can clearly put out some power. He's definitely faster than me. Uh-huh. But I take I take offense as the resident Floridian on this podcast. I take offense for everybody that does not live in South Florida. That is not gravel. I mean, it's gravel down there. It's cool. Whoa. It's flat. You can see your dog run away for days, but it's Whoa. just up on the levee around Lake Okeechobee. It is around the U.S. sugar lands where they're busy um, polluting the Everglades. Uh, uh, if you really uh, want to uh, see some good gravel, hang head on. up to Gainesville hey, whoa, for some on, of the best. Whoa. Hang on. Now, all gravel is beautiful. Uh, <laughs> this is all gravel matters, Tim. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Little guy, uh, I have a quick question. What size bike frame do you ride? 54, but if I needed 54, that stem, 54, 54. Okay, hang on now. Hang on. No, get ahead of me here. Well, how long is your stem? Uh, probably 100 or 110, depending on the Okay. Uh, do you feel like that's pretty comfortable? Uh, I do. I do. Okay, all right. Because this guy also rides a 54, but his stem is 200 he, millimeters. I, this guy looks pretty. I'm just going to say it right now. Very I kind of want to hang out with this guy. He seems Article like a pretty. Says it's, he's six foot three, on a fifty four. <laughs> <It's... laughs> well, I mean... maybe this is like how how you and me ride close to the same bike, but with just just a, you have a little longer reach, you know. Like this... they're not that far off. Did you I'll see the video of him riding this thing? He gets so arrow. I mean, this the UCI is going to shut this 
this bike down so quick if he was to ever show up to the the gravel yes. world championships but i hope he does this I, is the spirit of I gravel would, that they're talking about i think is the funny is, paint scheme the goofy bars the is, weird tilted in brifters and the lefty fork i don't know what to be mad about and there's so I, much to be mad about that i'm i'm starting to think maybe i'm not mad about anything you know the only thing i'm mad about i'm mad oh. that he says the, he says in the article that the small frame allows him to have the C post super high, get uh-huh. narrow, and then that C post gives him some of that vertical compliance and lateral stiffness. Sure. A bit of flex uh-huh. to cushion him. And I feel like he could have gone with a slightly bigger frame and just gone with the suspension C post for maximum craziness. But instead... You think he, he skimped? Out. I think he skimped. I think he could have gone with a thud buster on there. They must make an arrow thud buster, right? Certainly, at the, so, or, or like some sort of fairing for it, at least. So let's yeah, get back I mean, to that first question. It's, it seems like something you could 3D print at home if you were this this oh level of uh, serious about your top stone lefty. I can't believe, <laughs> yeah, we, I will say there is a surprising lack of home 3D printed things on this bike for uh-huh. how the rest of the scheme is, but it's a little more old school in the, yeah, the way the bars have been chopped. It's commitment. Yeah, but, I appreciate that, yeah. Tim, are you looking up arrow thud busters right now? I I am not, but I am getting into the back to the email where the question was, what kind of bike would I need to ride to show this guy up? And I don't think the one exists. What can we get Tim? Oh, certainly, certainly the answer is a slingshot. Yeah, slingshot would be good. That'd be really good. I think you could do it. What's more, what's more aerodynamic than just a thin wire? Yeah, Don't like no down tube. tube at all. Yeah. <laughs> why why block all that air with the down tube when you could just yeah. not have it? And then get a big arrow water bottle that sits on your seat tube and acts as a fairing. The Thudbusters are pretty arrow. I'm looking them up right now. Um, uh-huh. They are optimized for wind sheeting, busting. Oh, they, all right. Yeah, so. I mean, I feel like that area of the bicycle is probably pretty well shielded like you are a human fairing for your thud buster seat post as it were. Um, so well, I got my arrow knee, knee fairings on and mm-hmm. that usually disperses the wind around so, my knees. The second question, can we get Tim fit enough to beat him? Absolutely not. There's so, like, no, hang, th- on. Th- <laughs> now, hang on. Now there's, there's three people in this field. We need to get you on a podium. I don't think our goal should be to beat this guy because he's unbeatable. That That is clear from looking at this bike. But I think we can get you on the podium. What do we There's need to shot. do to do that? Well, I think I, I think... should probably ride my bike more than um, once a week. Okay. That's and a good once start. Once a week is a stretch right now. I started back up today. How long is your stem currently, it. Tim? Because I think we're going to need to stretch it out a little bit. I think it's like a, a 120. And that's about 60 millimeters minimum too okay. short. All right. This, this bike is amazing. So you guys, there's only one slingshot I'm finding on eBay starting at 1900 bucks. It is pretty small though. So we can put a pretty big stem on it. Perfect. Thank you. I don't know if that's laterally compliant enough for me. Ooh, um, this is Landis so, Cyclery on the top tube. Ooh, that's a good sign. California good stuff in those tubes. Yeah. So, uh, all right. The, the 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 question continues. So Chris oh, says, oh, okay. finally All number right. three. What are the chances that this guy is actually a slow ride podcast listener? He puts Uh-oh. it at sixty percent. I didn't think about this. This is there's a pretty good chance, guys. Do, is there quick think? Is there anything we need to walk back? I don't think so. I don't I think, think so. I think we've been pretty. You know, I I will say that I I want so. In the article, I believe um, the gentleman with the amazing bike is going to go to um, uh, Unbound. Uh-huh. Um, I hope that he is able at some point to come up to some of the the, the gravel riding in Gainesville. I might need to walk back a little bit of my, my anger that mm-hmm. there is beautiful gravel riding only in South Florida and not as much up, but that's always like the North South divide of Florida. It always exists. Even in cyclocross, it existed. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I love it. It was fantastic. Thank you for sharing. 
Can't wait to see this bike out on the road. And yeah, I'm going to work my butt off to, uh, to get on the uh, podium at the Florida state gravel championships. One of these years. Oh uh, yeah. Hope so Tim, I want to see that. So I want to see it too. As we close the slow ride podcast email bag. Thank you for all those who email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. Little guy, we want to end this week because you had the gall in the green room and on the team Slack to say that you, little guy, Matt Allen, won a bike swap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think it can be yeah. done. I don't think he's got it anymore. I don't think. To be I, honest. I look at, I'm looking here on this Zoom call uh-huh. and he looks defeated. He doesn't look like the man that would go into bike swaps and run the show for the first 15 minutes while I was setting up the table. And the uh-huh. guy did no work because he was <laughs> going true. around the bike swap before it opened. The number one tip in all of Swapdom is buy the table so you can get into the swap before yeah. the public. Little guy, did you have a table at the bike swap? No, this is a very small little swap by me okay. so there was like seven oh. tables all right oh it's a small it's a oh. started so the minor leagues you're starting small again yeah that's, yeah i'm trying to get that's fair trying to, took like, a downgrade I, I showed up i showed up with hairy legs and i was like, <laughs> i haven't been swapping lately you guys I did you really did know. you have your beard or did you shave it before you went in i don't even know what this is worth I don't I, know what this is worth. i'm just gonna throw out a dollar i'm, I'm so out of the game yeah. yeah i'm so out of the game can i buy this durace derailleur for a dollar and they're like what are you crazy and i'm like oh i'm sorry five bucks. tim he like, might have it i may have been mistaken might, it sounds like he might, he might have it do you think the taking time away spencer is actually gonna like reinforce the swamptum yeah I don't know. Yeah. All right, I, I love this play. Back. It's coming back. All right. All right. Uh, uh, How'd it go, little guy? Yeah, what'd you score? Oh, it was great. I did one of those uh, swaps where I just bought really boring uh, things. Uh-huh. Like I bought I bought a little wrench for $2. I bought a cassette. <laughs> I bought a seat for Caitlin and a little bag for Caitlin. Sweet. Got out of there $21 poor, and I actually got things that get used as opposed to Pretty things right. that I sit and look at, so that's why I'm saying I won because I'm, I'm trying to trying to go right. in with a with the open mind of like you know what I do need a used one time ten dollar cassette because that's a much better value than me buying my fifth uh, like Suntour Cyclone derailleur. Like what am uh-huh. I doing with five of those in a box? Nothing. Uh-huh. What am I going to do with a cassette? Actually ride my bike. I mean the the it sounds like you've got a winning a winning formula because anytime you come home from bike swap with a products that you're actually going to put to use. That is a win. Uh, because usually one of two scenarios happens as we all know, one, you come home with a new bike or something big, a big purchase that you knew you shouldn't have got, but you did. And then you're thinking about, okay, well now the mortgage payments coming up or now the car payments coming up. Oh man, what am I? Oh, geez. Uh, really shouldn't have done this. I'll make it work somehow. And you're worried. You're stressed out about it. You know you didn't win the swap if that happens. The other scenario is that you come home with like one semi-reasonable, like you bought some really fancy carbon wheels or some really fancy carbon bar stem combo, something, something random that you don't need that now you're like, well, now I have to build a bike around this. Build a whole bike, yeah. Sure, which is its own whole problem. Yeah, that's going to be a, a the, three to five year problem that you're going to have, yeah. and you've certainly lost a bike swap at that point. I am, as you guys know, the bike swap world champion, and I am in a bit of a silly of a pickle. Self proclaimed. No, I'm the champ. I got the jersey. Uh, okay. right. I bought the jersey at the swap for a dollar. <laughs> it's the world championship stripes. Uh-huh. I also have a matching um, fanny pack made out okay. of cycling hats that holds That's... my cash and all the money that I make when I go to the bike swaps. It's pretty good. I'm so in it a must li- be weighed I'm down. In a, I'm in a dilly of a pickle here in Florida, though. So when I lived okay. in Gainesville, I promoted a bike swap with friend of the pod, Keith Richards. Um, and it was great. It was a hell of an awesome time. We had a lot of people in Gainesville show up. There is a kind of bike swap 
here in Orlando. It happens every February at a local bike shop, one of the bigger bike shops in town. But they call it a garage sale, but it's also where they sell all of their old back supply and then you can mm. get a table. So, the, I mean, it's a swap. Don't get me wrong, but it's, uh-huh. it's not like, it's not a swap, you know, it's it's, a, it's, there's it's a lot of a, like sales reps that come in and there, there's a lot of, it's, it's not the, and it's not a proper swap. bike jumble. Is yeah. What you're saying. We, I, I want to bring a jumble to Orlando and I wish you guys uh-huh. were here to help me out. Cause I, I think with the, the sunshine, like in the the sp- like we could have a hack of a bike jumble down here, uh-huh. but what time of year do you guys think would be ideal for this? Like when should I like? I think this can be done because what do you really need? You just need a gym or an outdoor space and a lot of folding tables. Yeah, like is that? It. And then flyers. Just need it. Yeah, you just need a rec space. You know, or you just need in put Florida, some elbow grease into the like. Yeah. Hey, we're gonna do a bike swap. Bring all your so, stuff. We've always historically uh, had the most experience with the Minnesota uh, bike swap that happens pre-season in yeah. February in Minnesota. So always indoors. But I have had the great pleasure of uh, attending the uh, Trexler Town uh, bike swap outside of Philadelphia, which is held at the velodrome on the yeah. grounds outdoors. Is that which end is, of season? Uh, I don't remember. I think it is. I don't remember what time of year it was, honestly, but that was incredible. Took up the whole infield of the velodrome at 333. Um, so lots of space in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pretty great. Uh, really good swap by the way. Um, but, uh, I remember, remember. and there's, there's the big one in Madison. There's a big one in Madison. I think also indoors. Um, so, I think um, because your riding season down there is so discombobulated from the yeah. rest of the country that you can't really do it in like before season. Like it seems difficult. And I know you can't do it in the middle of the year because it's too hot. I'm thinking like November. Yeah, I was going to say like October, but maybe maybe November is the sweet yeah. spot. I don't know uh, the climate as little, well as you do. A little holiday shopping. A little postseason. Holiday. Uh, Come get post, some tubulars. <laughs> post world championship. Uh, yeah, I don't know. All right, I might have to play some. What do you think a bike a bike swap table costs nowadays? Fifteen bucks. Fifty. Uh, they like were forty good. when we were doing yeah. it. Small one, maybe at a small swaps twenty, but I don't think anything's going under twenty bucks. Yeah. Right. You can charge anything you want. Everybody pays with Venmo these days. You know. Oh, I will say, I that's will game say, changing. Folks, I don't like that. Folks, folks were looking at me funny for, for pulling out cash. Yeah. What a pain. God. No, but I don't really like that because it's harder to, it's harder to, it's harder to, uh, to haggle with the Venmo. Yeah. Cause everybody's like, oh, uh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You can't no, because do your, you, pull, you, you can't do your you can't dual wallet out. trick where you pull out yeah. your empty wallet and say, look, I got no more money, but your full wallets in your other pocket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally, I totally did that to a guy. I pulled out and this was legit, but I had, I had a 20, I had a yeah. 10 and yeah. I had four ones and he'd said he wanted $5 for something. And I I'm pulled it out little... and I said, do you want four bucks? I was like, take four bucks. And he looked at me like I was jerk. I was like, Hey, you can break a 20. I'm you know, a little nervous. like, what do you want to do here? You get a little nervous that the uh, the bike swap world champion may be just the analog time. Yeah, like, you know, yeah no, I, I think you're behind <laughs> you're the old. times. Um, speaking of behind the times, I know we're getting to the end of the podcast, but Spencer, I know we buried this all the way to the end, but uh-huh. um, SVB Bank is going bankrupt. Yeah. There's a run on the bank, and they also sponsor Education First, Tibco, SVB professional women's cycling team uh, yeah have for years i am uh, i am just excited to see a a cycling sponsor uh non-endemic sponsor explode before the team did uh that's that's my only real point there is uh, usually it's the other way around you know you sign a a five-year deal uh, with some cycling team you think yeah we got in this is great and then the team folds after a year and a half uh, because of some sort of mismanagement. Um, so I was nice, doing nice to see it the other direction. I was doing a little bit of investigation on this. Uh-huh. So like what team sponsor has exploded before the team has exploded, right? 
So like obviously like the big ones are like Team Coast, but that team didn't really exist, nor was it really a sponsor, right? So Yeah, I don't think that's a exist. real sponsor. Yeah, what was that? But the closest I could get to was Exergy, which sponsored the USGP Cyclocross and the World Championship bid for 2013 Louisville. And then how they went totally mm-hmm. belly up. Didn't the love Lovey Claire guy of Hinault Levon fame didn't wasn't he running some sort of uh, shady biz and got and gotten oh shady trouble? biz is a totally different story little guy there's plenty of those in cycling yeah well no, no but I mean true. I think I think he got he had to he had to pull his money is what I'm saying yes yeah well gentlemen has been another fantastic episode of the slow ride podcast we'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the wide angle podium network head over to wideanglepodium.com to find out how you can become a supporter and donate donating member to keep the lights on we'd like to thank all of those that email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com keep them coming and it'll be our pleasure to read your email on the air we'd also like to thank all of our followers on instagram and twitter at the slow ride pod for the continued support and banter mm-hmm. on both mediums. And with that, this is Tim in Orlando. Mad in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Western Massachusetts reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Dear cycling friends, we accept the fact that we have created the premier gravel and road racing podcast, and we don't think you're crazy to ask us who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us, in the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a hobby blogger, a gravel pro, and a curious newbie. And you can find us on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours the Grodio Podcast.